Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andy Shea. Ross Tucker will be along in a little bit. Um, Let's get started with the news, Andy. But first, our big news at Keystone Sports Network is we're introducing our newest sponsor, and that is New Trail Brewing Company. Brewed right here in central Pennsylvania, delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. Your biggest dilemma is going to be which of their many options to select. I recommend the Hoppy Variety Pack, New Trails Hoppy Pack. It's an absolute crowd pleaser, packed with four different hoppy beers, sure to please everyone at your tailgate or campfire. Andy, New Trail Beer, I've had it. It's phenomenal. In fact, they are going to be providing the beer for my party this weekend. So nice. Great great to have them as, as partners. All right, Andy. That's the Keystone Sports Network big news. How about the big news for the Big Ten? They finally they made it official, what has been talked about now, I guess, for a couple weeks. The new television contract has been announced. What are the highlights? So, yeah, it's it. some of the information that has been coming out, and we've addressed it on the Keystone Sports Network. It is official now. They have a new... Um, media rights deal with Fox, CBS, NBC, and Peacock. And it starts in 2023 and runs through the 2029-2030 season. Um, they're going to rotate. Each network will broadcast rotating the Big Ten championship game for football. That's a cool thing. Um, every football and basketball, it's football and basketball. Um, every game will be on CBS and football broadcasts will be on NBC and they'll also be streamed on Paramount Plus and Peacock. So it is it is a huge contract. It is worth an average of about a bit more than a billion dollars annually. The total deal with the escalators as it sits right now is worth about seven billion. I mean the money is a game changer, but the Big Ten basically also kind of gave the caveat to all the networks that they're not done expanding probably. So even when USC and UCLA are added to the conference in 2024, it, it adds another layer of that escalator to it. And, you know, this could average out to about 60 to $70 million per member in a 16-team conference as it's set up right now. Basically, this is this elevates the Big Ten, particularly at the football level, to the standard bearer for network media deal rights. There's there's nobody even close anymore. As much as the SEC is the alpha dog in terms of competition, and it's like they're the gold standard of college football when it comes to media rights deal and money, the Big Ten just stepped in and said, no, we're the alpha dog. That's my two cents. And I think also, Andy, something that's very good in this contract and it's good for everybody. Obviously the schools are going to make the money. I think good for the networks. And I think also good for us, the fans is, you know, when and where the big 10 games will be at noon. It's Fox 
Big Ten. At 3.30, you go to CBS. That's the Big Ten game. And primetime, you go to NBC. For the networks, CBS had the void there because they're losing the Southeast Conference contract. They just plugged the Big Ten right into that 3.30 slot. That's perfect for them. For NBC, they will probably now, this contract is so large, they will probably be able to afford also to pay Notre Dame to uh, so they the Fighting Irish could stay independent. And now NBC has the doubleheader game. First, it's the, the Irish, and then it's the Big Ten game. A lot of cross-promotion. I, I think it works out well for everybody involved in this, Andy. So uh, kudos to the Big Ten. And uh, I do have to point out, I did at the Big Ten uh, media meeting a few weeks ago, I heard an interview with Kevin Warren who said the last thing any of this is about is money. <laughs> and I, I was on the road. I literally laughed out loud. <laughs> That's the money I'm is thinking. first. That's what it's about. Yeah. USC, UCLA, they bring the LA market and they bring money. This TV contract, it's about money. So, and there's nothing wrong with that, Andy, but nope. please don't, don't, don't try to tell us that's not the most important thing. Okay, Andy, let's, uh, let's shift from the Big Ten to Penn State specifically. Uh, James Franklin met with the media. They had, uh, his team was out playing laser tag on Wednesday. And, um, I'm sure there's some criticism. Why aren't you on the, the field practicing? But that's that, it's a fun thing for the team. Uh, builds that team team building type uh, or, or deal there. But James Franklin did meet the media, and he responded to questions about Keziah Holmes and Ken Talley leaving. And I know I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, Andy. When talking about Keziah Holmes, it was essentially, well— the circumstances, it's not a surprise. It shouldn't have any effect on us. That's, you know, he was passed by the true freshman. We know that's what happened. Ken Talley, well, we don't get into it. We don't talk about these things. So I'm sure my interpretation of what James Franklin said, well, there may have been more going on with the Ken Talley thing, and we're just not going to get into it. Yeah, and when it comes to... To tell you, I think it could be, I think it's a couple things, right? One, for some reason, we don't know why, he didn't report to Penn State when he was originally scheduled. That's for a reason, right? We don't know what it is, but you can, there is. I also think there was a little bit of a disconnect between, you know, sort of what the program was looked, wanted, thought of him and what he thinks of himself. I mean, he thinks he's a hand in the ground, chase the quarterback, the end, that's what he thinks he is. That's what he wants to be. And I think Penn State saw more as a as an outside linebacker potential, rush end, sort of a little bit of Jesse Lucada who could play linebacker and if he needed to, could play the end at times. So I think there was, you know, the twofold of what we don't know and kind of a little bit of the disconnect on that front. It makes sense. Kaziah Holmes, I think he can be an FBS running back and I think he can be successful. I mean, he was a four-star recruit. Coming out of college, he was uh, one of, you know, a top 10 at his position, all-purpose running back. 
remember the first look at him in 2020 when we had to between him and Kevon Lee? There wasn't much between those two guys. A combination of them was probably better than anyone individually. Bottom line was he simply got passed by better talent. I mean, the great Joe Moorhead quote when he was at Penn State, experience matters until the talent gets experience. Well, they saw enough at camp that the talent got enough experience at camp that Keziah Holmes simply did not. There was no room at the end in that running back room for him. I think the unfortunate thing with the Keziah Holmes, and I don't know if there is someone to blame with this, it would have been nice for the kid if he were able to make this decision in the spring and then have time to hook up with another program. And now it may be a case where he knew or could have, should have sensed where he his position was back in the spring, or it could have been maybe the coaches didn't make it obvious where he stood, but it seems apparent that that's the case now. And and for Ken Talley, I, you know, I hear what you're talking about when, you know, there's possibilities of the kid at defensive end, linebacker, you know, figure out where did he play in high school. But for it to come down the way it did, you know, the assumption is that there there was more going on here, Andy. And I keep saying this over and over again. It's not fair to conjecture what was going on, yet everybody does it anyway. So um, I think it's just a case for both of the kids. Hey, good luck to you. You know, Penn, it's not a case where Penn State's perfect for everybody. And a player might be better off somewhere else, and we hope that is the case for, for both of these players. The other uh, topic that James Franklin addressed was the one big legitimate competition going on in camp, which is that mi- uh, middle linebacker between Tyler Elston and Kobe King. And it appears right now, Elston is actually a little bit of he- ahead of King, and that's probably just based on that extra year in the program and the experience. Yeah, so what I took away from this is that, yeah, okay, James came out and said that, you know, right now Tyler's a little bit of head, ahead of King. Okay, but he also said they're both going to play. In other words, this is going to be middle linebacker LBBC linebacker by committee at this particular position. It's going to be a two-man rotation. You know, Tyler might be a little bit ahead, but King is definitely going to play. I, I think you don't – you. I don't even know if, you, if you're a Penn State fan if you wanted either one to emerge. I think in some respects, two guys on equal footing, I, I, I think you that gives you actually a strength to go through games and learn which one is better when, you know – the rubber meets the road. So you get to do that. I, I still think both are going to contribute to this team in different ways based on their strengths and their abilities. And I, I truly believe it's going to be a very pretty much fair and equal distribution between the two players. I fully see a, a 2022 of linebacker by committee at the middle linebacker spot. I really do. The other side of that argument is wanting one guy to distance himself, separate one guy to establish he could be the starter. You know, the old saying about quarterbacks, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. And ironically, this middle linebacker is called the quarterback of the defense. So, yeah, I think it's great to say that you want two 
really good ones, but I think you want at least one of them to establish that he is the guy. So we'll we'll see how that one uh, plays out. Uh, Andy, one last thing. We had a uh, – James Franklin also talked about the depth with the team, talked a little bit about the quarterbacks. I don't think anyone should get excited about that. Uh, Sean Clifford is the starting quarterback, will remain the starting quarterback as long as he's healthy. Yeah, as long as Sean Clifford is healthy and upright, Sean Clifford will be Penn State's quarterback unless Sean Clifford plays himself out of that job. That is the bottom line. It is good to have options, but that is the bottom line. It, it truly is. But as we learned last year, it would be really nice to have some depth at the position just in case. All right, Andy, that's it for quarter number one. We welcome Ross Tucker in in quarter number two. Stay tuned for that. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, Local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's quarter number two of the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing. Created for the betterment of craft beer. Come join our adventure. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti. It's quarter number two. That means we welcome in Ross Tucker. Ross, guess what? With the season coming up, our buddy Mark at Go PSU RV has his RV lot up and running again. For those of you who don't remember, this is where you could drive your own car out to Happy Valley. Mark has an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve. 
the KSN special for either Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or the Michigan State game, you'll get $500 off your RV for the weekend. You could call Mark at 800-519-8467. Just make sure to tell him you want the KSN RV special, and you get $500 off, and you get a fantastic weekend. Ross, you've been there. Good time, isn't it? It's an awesome time. Huge fan of Mark. Huge fan of GoPSURV.com. It is a terrific, terrific way to go ahead and attend a Penn State home game. You don't have to worry about the traffic. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about parking. Um, and you know what's cool about it, I think, is like it's like its own little community you know, that he's got there and you almost become friends with all these people. It's really cool. Yeah, it, it's it's a great time. And don't forget the KSN special, $500 off. Can't beat that deal. Okay, Ross, again, season coming up very quickly. A couple weeks ago, we did your preview of the offense. This week, I want to get your take on the defense. Let me start with this. Jaquan Brisker, Tariq Castro-Fields, Ellis Brooks, Brandon Smith, Arnold Ibikidi, Jesse Lucada, Derek D'Angelo, and defensive coordinator are all gone. How concerned should I be with all that talent leaving? It's a good question, and you're right. That does kind of sound like a lot, doesn't it, when you, when you lay it out there like that? You know... I think we should probably be most concerned about the linebackers. You know, looking at their roster right now, I think the secondary is going to be in pretty good shape, even though they lost a couple of NFL draft picks in Brisker as well as Castro Fields. Looking at the secondary with Joey Porter Jr., who's a projected first-round pick, uh, Jair Brown, who is an NFL draft pick, I'm excited about both Keaton Ellis and Zaki Wheatley at safety. And then you've got Kalen King at the other corner, who I thought did a lot of really good things last year as a true freshman. And then Daquan Hardy's a good nickelback. So I feel pretty good, uh, certainly about the five DBs that will get a lot of playing time, the six if you include Zaki Wheatley, who has some versatility, I guess the question I would have there, Jim, on the back end is probably one of depth. And, you know, how many of these young players will be ready to go? Jeffrey Davis Jr., you know, some of these young guys that they have, uh, Marquise Wilson, do they have depth? They still have Johnny Dixon. So I think between Wheatley as the third safety and Johnny Dixon is more or less the fourth corner or the third outside corner, they do have pretty good depth. So I do feel pretty good about where Penn State is on the back end. So even though they lost probably the best player on the team, if we're being honest, in Jaquan Brisker and two NFL draft picks on the back end, I actually think the secondary – has a chance to even be better this year. I think the secondary is going to be pretty good. I've, If you go to the three levels, Ross, I'm with you. I think at defensive back, they're in great shape. I think they have talent. I think they have depth. 
you know, you can't, it's hard to lose a Jaquan Brisker and not feel that. I think the linebackers are the biggest question mark. And I feel like the defensive line is the biggest variable. They lost three out of four starters. If you count, you know, PJ Mustafer is the one returning guy, even though he missed the last half of the year. So you got a question mark there. But I think it, the defensive line, it feels like it has the lowest floor and the highest ceiling among the groups because there's also so much talent coming in. The Chop Robinson coming in, Adisa Isaac coming off of injury. Is P.J. Mustafer healthy? A King Beeman coming back after a year off. How, how do you see the defensive line shaping up? Yeah, well, as I mentioned in the answer to my first question, I'm probably most concerned about the linebacking group, which means I'm not as concerned about the D-line as some other people might be. And and you kind of referenced why already, Jim. I mean, there's three defensive ends in Nick Tarburton. Tarburton's a known commodity. We know what we're getting from him. Adisa Isaac, they were very excited about going into last year. That was a big loss for them. That thank goodness they had Ebicady, who sort of filled that void uh, that Isaac was going to have. They could have really been nasty if they had Isaac opposite, you know, uh, Ebicady. Because even listening, I've seen some quotes from Manny Diaz talking about Isaac as just a different animal, you know, which means he's got some serious juice and bend off the edge, uh, and other guys aren't really like that. So we. We, we, we know about Tarburton. We think we know about Isaac. Smith-Vilbert had a heck of a bowl game, and so I think he'll be a good guy in the mix. But then, uh, Jim, you referenced it. Chop Robinson was a five-star recruit that I know for a fact Penn State was very excited about when they got him. And then uh, Danny Dennis-Sutton. The other freshman is a five-star recruit as well from Maryland, although he came right to Penn State. He didn't go to University of Maryland for a year and then come. So between those five guys, I feel pretty darn good at defensive end, right? They should be able to rotate those guys through, keep them fresh, keep them healthy. You know, maybe during the year, Chop Robinson and Dennis Sutton start to get more reps. Maybe they're more just on obvious passing downs. We shall see. Maybe guys like Tarburton and, and, and Smith-Vilbert can start to go ahead and practice inside a little bit, practice rushing inside a little bit, which should be interesting. So anyway, I feel pretty good about the D ends. And then D tackle, Mustafer is a known commodity. Now he's just coming off the injury. That was the Iowa game, right? That was when he and Clifford both got hurt. That was a bad day, man. That was a bad, that was a terrible day for Penn State football to lose that game and then lose Clifford and uh, PJ Mustafer. So Devon Ellis is okay. You know, Jordan Vandenberg is a good rotational guy. You know, Mustafer is a true nose tackle. And they're very excited about Beeman. They have been. So to get him back is good. And then I've heard good things about Zane Durant, the true freshman. Now, I don't love their D tackles, but I think they're okay. 
They still have Izzard as well, Kaziah Izzard. I don't know that I feel like that'll be a strength of the team, but I don't think it'll be a weakness. You talked about the linebackers, and I think at the very least, depth is a question there. But the big competition that's been going on is middle linebacker, where it's Kalen King versus Tyler Elsden. And whichever one wins out, and there may also be a rotation, but you're going to have a young guy there at the middle linebacker positions calling signals. How concerning is that, that it's not a veteran there? in charge of the defense? Well, so I don't know those guys that well to know, but a lot of that is more just football intelligence as well as the type of leader they are, the type of command they have. If they got a full ride to Penn State to play linebacker, I'm guessing at least one of them, maybe both, has some you-know-what to them. Um, Elston's from the coal region, North Schuylkill. He was a captain there maybe a couple years. So we'll see. I, I'm more, I'm not as concerned about the signals. I mean, they put a lot of time into this. They're going to be able to call the signals, right? I am more concerned about the inexperience. You know, you've got Sutherland playing the Sam who has played a lot, but hasn't played the Sam spot a lot, but that's the way this thing is going now where you basically want the guy that plays out on the inside receiver, you basically want him to be a safety. And Sutherland's 210 pounds now, so and he's never been afraid to hit. So he's a guy that can, I think, hold it down. But we'll see. We have to see him in that role. We know about Curtis Jacobs. Curtis Jacobs is a known commodity. Uh, but then the middle linebacker, whoever it is, Hasn't really played that much. And to your point, taking a look at these other guys, there's not a lot of depth in terms of quality playing time. You know, it it might have to end up being a true freshman. You know, Abdul Carter was a guy that really impressed me with his videos. So maybe it ends up being Abdul Carter. I think they like Charlie Catcher. He's just never really been able to, to stay healthy. But, you know, at least um, when they had Pry, they liked Jim to rotate a couple of guys in like that. Um, and so they, they, they like to rotate a couple guys in. I don't know if they have other guys that they're willing to rotate in. My guess is King and Elston will split some of the reps at Mike. I don't know if they're going to take Curtis Jacobs off the field or Jonathan Sutherland off the field at all. Gotcha. Real quickly, Ross, the other, and maybe the biggest change is it's a new defensive coordinator with Manny Diaz. All we keep hearing is it's going to be a much more aggressive defense. What do you think we'll see from Diaz? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, everybody always says that. Every coordinator in the history of the world, when they get a job, we're going to be really aggressive. We're going to be more aggressive. So we'll see what that means. That, That sounds like a lot of blitzing which sounds good until you're getting smoked for big plays if the blitzes don't get there. And ideally, you'd be good enough on the pass rush on the D-line that you don't have to blitz, which is one of the things that they they try to have enough studs up front that they don't have to blitz. 
Exactly. And he does carry that reputation of being aggressive from his days at Miami. All right, Ross, that is it for our review of the defense. Stick around. Quarter number three, it's when we take your questions and we ask Ross. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to quarter number three of the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with Ross Tucker. And it's time for Ask Ross. This is where we'll take your questions for Ross. Then we will pick out a best question and that person wins the KSN Polo. If you want to submit a question for Ross, it's really easy. Just download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Ross button. Or you could also email us at info at ksnsports.net. In fact, Ross, we're going to start with Tim from Greensburg, PA, who did email us. That's info at ksnsports.net. And here's what Tim says. Ross, first time asking a question, but a long-time listener. By the way, Jim does an excellent job as well. Real quick, Ross, should I take that as a compliment, or is that just a left-handed? Oh, by the way, yeah, Jim's not so bad either. No, he didn't need to do that, so that's a compliment for sure. Okay, I'll take it that way then. Uh, Tim's question is, why would players wait until the first week of practice to enter the portal? I would think that there should have been a little more thought prior to that point of their decision-making. For example, the freshman that just decided to enter after a few days of practice does not make sense at all. 
He's referring to Ken Talley, who's the true freshman coming in, who uh, decided to hit the transfer portal. And on a lesser point, Keziah Holmes, the running back, also just hit the portal, Ross. Yeah, so, you know, you never know. Um, The Keziah Holmes one, you'd like to think at the end of spring ball, he would have been given a pretty good indication of where things stood and would have made the decision then. I think what happened there, Jim, my guess is, he came in and he's not getting as many reps as he thought he might. He's behind the true freshman and just thought, what am I even doing here? And I don't blame him for that. I guess I, I would, my question there, I'd be curious about the communication because it feels like it could have been a lot better if he was given the heads up on that at the end of spring ball that he was going to be behind the true freshman and might have a better fit finding playing time somewhere else. So that that's the Keziah Holmes one, which is easy to figure out. The Ken Talley one, look, there's no logic for him leaving after a couple days of the school he picked to go to. I wouldn't recommend that for anyone. So what that makes me wonder, Jim, is, is there something else going on? Is it something off the field? Is it academic? You know, there are other things that go. He didn't, he was the last one get there, right? Like he didn't, he didn't early enroll. He wasn't there at the start of the summer. I don't even know if he was there in midway through the summer, which leads me to believe that he probably had some, some academic uh, T's he needed to cross and I's he needed to dot. And uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he never really. Maybe he never really did. I, I don't. I don't know what happened there. There's, and, and we always have to be careful with the conjecture of what's going on with a player because it's a little bit unfair. But I think we had uh, James Franklin Wednesday night met with the media and responded to questions. And when we talked about Keziah Holmes, it was well, he essentially put out it was understandable. Guys get ahead. It was exactly like what you said. It appears that he was overtaken by the freshman. When the Ken Talley conversation came up, it seemed like, well, we don't get into that kind of thing. So, which kind of tells you there was probably something else uh, going on, Ross. All right, let's go to our buddy Mike in Littleton, Colorado, who says, Hey, Ross, I just tried sour cream in my cheesy eggs, and it was a game changer. Just saying. Here's his question. So you say players should get paid, and I agree. The question is competitive balance. I think this might change some things as there will be some schools who will come out of woodwork who might have some wealthy donors that want to buy a contender. Am I off base that I think Penn State is behind in this matter, even though they have such a large alumni base and plenty of money in their pockets? Um, well, so first of all, you know, we don't have competitive balance before Transfer Portal, before, you know, NIL. It's like, it feels like there's been the same six or seven teams in the college football playoff for the last 10 years. I mean, it's like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Who else gets in there every once in a while, Jim? I mean, 
you know, you might throw one other team is like the wild card team last year was Cincinnati, but Notre Dame gets in there every once in a while. Last year was Michigan, but you know what I'm saying? By the way, those, those extra teams get that get in, get blown out in the, in the semifinal. It happened to Washington. It happened to Notre Dame. It happened to Michigan state, but you there's just those handful that get in every year and win every year. I could still do a show. I might have you come on my show, Jim, just so I can get you to say Notre Dame a lot and then post <laughs> that on social media and try to go viral. Try to go viral with your pronunciation of Notre Dame. I mean, why are you neutering Notre Dame? Why are you nordering Notre Dame? <laughs> Oh, it's so good. I'm showing it's no so respect. Good. I'm showing no respect for the school, which reflects my feelings towards them, Ross. All right. So anyway, by the way, sour cream is gross. And I don't want this guy to be able to ask any more questions if he's going to put sour cream in his cheesy eggs. Sour cream is disgusting. It's in the same category as mayonnaise. Please do not disrespect my taste buds by putting that in the greatest food product of all time, the scrambled cheesy egg. You don't need it. You need a two-to-one egg-to-American cheese ratio and make sure you mix it up before you put it in the pan, all right? As for what is it about Penn State, he's exactly correct. Penn State has the money. They have the alumni base. They have the boosters. They are behind. All of that is correct. Now, you have to ask yourself, why are they behind? Are they behind because um, they're behind? Or are they behind because certain schools in the South maybe decided to be ahead? You know? Maybe Penn State's right on time with this, and some schools in the South decided to press the metal a little bit and get ahead, which they've done. It feels like there will be some structure around this at some point, Jim. And once there is, and that'll be a little bit different. Yeah, it, it, things will change. I think also, Ross, I always get the sense when people talk about Penn State falling behind on things and you compare them to Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, the Southeast Conference schools or the elite schools, it, it, you do them a disservice because there are 95 other schools who are also falling behind those top five schools. Yeah, and yes, yes, Jim. But everybody listening to this show wants Penn State to be like those schools, looks at Penn State as being in that category and wants them to be in that category. So they are falling behind the desired top five, top ten that we want to see from Penn State. Fair enough. All right, let's go to Kevin in Milwaukee who says, Hey, Ross, I don't get all the negativity from fans for Sean Clifford returning for his sixth year. He threw for 244 yards, a touchdown, and had no turnovers on the road, leading Penn State to a win versus Wisconsin's vaunted defense. He had a big game against Auburn. He was torching Iowa on the road before he got knocked out. Did you see Drew Aller in the spring game? Yeah, he's not ready. For the first time, Clifford will have the same offensive coordinator this season. 
I think Clifford will surprise a lot of people this year. What say you? I understand both sides. Um, I think Penn State fans have seen enough of Clifford, especially the last couple years, to have a desire for a more consistently higher level of performance at that position, and I don't blame them. It is a tough question to answer how affected he was by his injury the rest of the season last year. We don't really know that. So if he's healthy and stays healthy, how much of a factor does that become? The thing is, is he has good games and he has good moments. But again, going back to what we were just talking about, the type of programs Penn State wants to be, you know, they want Bryce Young. They want C.J. Stroud. You know, they want a guy that's going to play at a high level seemingly every week, and that has not been Sean Clifford. And so I think that's where some of the frustration lies. And and let's be honest, the last two seasons have been disappointing for Penn State, and Sean Clifford's been the quarterback. Those guys are going to get most of the blame. They're going to get most of the credit. It's been two disappointing years back-to-back. He's been the quarterback. So a lot of people put a lot of the blame on him, right or wrong. And I think they kind of get bored with, in their mind, average. They'd almost rather see a young guy. And he mentioned Aller. I think they, I think I think Veyu is the guy that would go in now if something happened, or Veyer that would go in now if something happened uh, to Clifford, or even if Clifford plays pretty bad. I mean, I, I think that's an interesting question. Is to see, think about how short his leash is this year. I feel like things have to really go wrong for them to pull him. But there's a potential for things to go wrong early. I, that road game at Purdue, the road game at Auburn, they could be one and two very easily. Okay, Ross, uh, Ryan from State College. I love the atmosphere of college football and think the home crowd really adds an advantage. What do you think are the most overrated and underrated aspects of the home crowd effect are? And a follow-up, is there anything about playing at home you didn't like or thought was a disadvantage? Good questions. Um, The only disadvantage of playing at home that I can think of right now would be the distractions amongst the student body, the fans, family members coming to town, right? So your mom's like, I need this many tickets or that. That can be a negative at times. Um, That's about it, though. All right, very good, Ross. That's it for quarter number three. Stick around. Quarter number four, we'll name a winner, and Andrew P. Shea will be back. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, Local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State, by author Greg Woodman, looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to quarter number four of the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti. I'm along with Andrew P. Shea. And Andy, as always, we've got to start quarter number four by announcing our winner of our Ask Ross segment. This week, it is Ryan from State College. Uh, He is our winner. Ryan will be getting in touch with you about the KSN polo that you won. All right, Andy, I keep saying it. We're getting closer and closer to the season. This is another way to tell. We're going to start our preseason preview. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, with with our segment together today, we'll also do the same thing with Dustin and with T. Frank next week, and then next week when we do the show with you again, we're going to be talking about Purdue. We are absolutely so, going to be talking about Purdue. We will when we record next week. It'll be it'll be you know inside the one week game window. So. Yeah, next week we're going to talk football, but we started last week with Penn State's schedule, and now we're going to do, you know, a little more of a potpourri dive. Wherever you want to go, Jimmy, I'm ready. Well, that's the thing. You have no idea where I'm headed with this. I'm just going to give you a set of questions on the season, get your reaction to it. I want to start with this, Andy. In any season, there are games, or at least this is the way I do it. There are games that are wins. Yes, there are a few games that I assume are going to be losses. And then there are those games that are uh, the season shaping games. The ones you're not sure of. You go in, the spread is closed. They turn into the make and break games. What game are you looking at on the schedule that you're saying, you know what, this one's the difference maker on this season? Yeah, I hate to, I, I, I was hesitant to, I'm hesitant to say this, but good gracious almighty, it's not because it's the first game. It's because of where the opponent 
is and what the opponent brings to the table and where Penn State is and what Penn State brings to the table, it is the first game at Purdue. There is – Purdue is a – is you, you look at them, right, as a Penn State fan. You're like, they're from the West. They're Purdue. Come on. We beat Purdue. This is a different Purdue team, and this is Purdue with arguably one of the top two quarterbacks in the league to run an offense that is high-powered, fast-paced, and basically Purdue tries to outscore you. And Penn State has had trouble keeping pace with that kind of team the last two seasons. They're, in 2019, 2018, 17, you'd be like, attract me. I want Penn State and attract me. Penn State's not a track meet team right now. They need to be more of a track meet team. Purdue wants to get in a track meet. They want to play a 38-35, 42-35 game. They're perfectly comfortable with that. That is what their strength is. They're good at it. They're at home. It is a very, very tough ask of Penn State, but it is a very important game in my respects that the ceiling, if Penn State can win this game, is exceptionally high for them. Whereas I also at the same time don't think losing this game because I honestly believe they could actually play a good football game and still get beat. I don't think the 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 floor from a loss to Purdue hurts them as much. But man, I zeroed in on the I'm zeroing in on the Purdue game because I think success for Penn State and a and a victory in that game, the ceiling is so high. Andy, you and I talked about this game um, off the air. And the one way I differ from you a little bit is I do think a loss here would be critical to this team. It's a league game. It's that first game. It's I, I'm with you. I think this is a game that could go either way, but I think a loss here really hurts. It's not like if you lose to Ohio State, well, they're a really good team. They're expected to compete for national championships. I don't think losing to Ohio State changes the fact that Penn State could be a 10-win team. Losing to Purdue, I think it does change that. So I think that's a hole that, and we've seen this team, Penn State, lose early. We saw it a couple years ago. They lost to Indiana. They're not good at bouncing back from losses. So I actually think of it, I agree with you that that could be the make-or-break game. But I also think losing it is could be really critical to this team season. Okay, Andy, let's let's move on. Who among the newcomers do you think will have the biggest impact? And by newcomers, I mean true freshmen, transfer portal. Who's the new guy who's going going to be the biggest factor? So there's there's three options in my mind. It's Nick Singleton, Mitchell Tinsley and Chop Robinson, and I'm going to go with Robinson. Only because I think there is, there's, there's more, there will be a bigger opportunity and he will get, he will get more consistent playing time just because Nick Singleton's a running back and Penn State's loaded and Mitchell Tinsley's a really good wide receiver and there's only one football. I think what Chop Robinson will bring to this defense makes him the player that jumps out to me as has the best opportunity to be a newcomer breakout player for Penn State. I think that's a really good answer. I believe a lot of Penn State fans would say Nick Singleton because, you know, they're hoping for that next star running back. Yeah. And he'll put up the flashy numbers. 
but the fact is there's a lot of depth at running back. A lot of someone may step up who's not named Nick Singleton at defensive end where you could have multiple guys on the field at the same time. And with Manny Diaz wanting to put more pressure on the quarterback, defensive end is so important. And if Chop Robinson could be who we all hope he can be, that's going to be the a, a real difference maker. All right, Andy, this is a question I always like to ask uh, you and the other analysts for us, but who is the player that we are not talking about who we should be? Curtis Jacobs. Curtis Jacobs mm. at the linebacker position. I I go there right away. I know he played – he was more of a little – he had more of a niche role with the horsepower that they had at linebacker position – but in that niche role, the way you saw him develop, you could see him actually as a full-blown, every-down, you know, sort of linebacker. At least I could. And as I watched him play and develop in his niche role and what he, as you saw more and more as the year get on, game, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, guess who you saw more and more and more on the field? It was Curtis Jacobs, and it was for a reason. And I just think as a as a full-blown, not a niche role, as a full-blown impact starting linebacker, I just haven't heard his name a whole, whole lot this spring and summer. It's almost like it's a given that he's going to be good. Just remember, this is going to be his first year as a full-blown, you know, 100% role starting linebacker, not just what he does best and how he can contribute. That's a difference, and I just think he is so ready for it, and I think he's going to have a very good season. Overall, I just think it's Curtis Jacobs. It wasn't even a second thought for me. The most polarizing player on this team is Sean Clifford. Are you bullish or bearish on Sean Clifford's season? Whoo, man. So, healthy Sean Clifford in the second year with the same offensive coordinator for the first time in his career, both of them talking about mastering the offense versus learning the offense healthy with what he has around him I'm buying give it to me I'll I'll take it and and not even hesitate for a second I just have a a gut feeling that there's some things aligning that you look for at the quarterback position I know he's been around forever a couple of my Penn State fans are just like "Uh, I'm kind of like about this season just not a fan of Sean Clifford being our quarterback again I think they might be changing their tune healthy and able to play, you know, fairly healthy and able to play at the level he's able to play at. I think he's going to be a difference maker for this team. I really do. Okay, Andy, once the season starts, we'll do this question on a game-by-game basis. Something only you can do so well. Give me your bold prediction for the season. So, yeah, we, we do this every week, and I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, I'm getting a little bit better at it. So I think I have a good one. So between Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, those three games, my bold prediction is Penn State wins at least two of those games in 2022. At least two of those wow. games. Wow. 2022. Andy, I'll tell you what. Sometimes we go down this role 
road for the bold prediction, and I walk away saying, that was not so bold. This one, though, two out of three from Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. That is bold, my friend. That is really bold. And yep. it also, it's our segue to our final question, Andy, which is, and it's going to be shaped a bit by your bold prediction, what is your one-loss prediction for the season? And however number of losses you put out there, give me the games that you think they will be losing. So my my prediction is going to be 8-4. and four. Um, I know they're... They're, they've been a 500 football team the last two years overall. They're eight and ten in the conference the last two years. Um, this program has been through a roller coaster the last two years. I've got losses at Purdue. I got road losses. I got three road losses at Purdue, Auburn, and Michigan. And then I think they lose a home game. And I don't think one of those home losses is to either Michigan State or Ohio State. How's that go for you? So, in other words, my bold prediction wow. was they win at least two of the three. I think they beat Ohio State this year. I swear to gosh, I think they do. Um, I, I think they it's their time. They are the they are a bold team when they play Ohio State. They do not fear Ohio State. And they seem to put, generally speaking, a really good foot forward against this team. They're due. They're due. So I just think there's a home loss somewhere. You always win one game you maybe shouldn't or you don't see coming. You always lose one you maybe shouldn't or don't see coming. And I think there's a home loss in there somewhere. But I'm definitely going with the three road losses, Purdue, Auburn, and at Michigan. Wow, 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 Andy. That is (laughs) so bold. And I think a lot of people will see eight and four and say, okay, yep, I get that. But eight and four with the win over Ohio State, boy, I'll tell you what, that is a surprise. On that note, though, Andy, that is it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration.